Welcome back to another episode of Keys, and I'm Aaliyah Bashir. I'm Brett Scott. And we are your hosts, and we love to start our episodes with a quote that really drives our conversation for today. Um, And today's quote is, it is in nobody's power to live forever, but it is in your power to live well. Make every day count. So we're talking about grief today. And um, I really want to explain like the five stages of grief and loss and really explore each other's um, personal experiences with grief. We've most recently um, have dealt with the the loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and everybody else on that helicopter. And we're seeing um, public displays of how people are, are grieving. And I love that people are able to share those vulnerable moments. But this is, if if looking at nothing else, a couple of days after they pass is just the beginning. And I really want to explore what happens next and what that looks like. So, Brett, what comes to mind? Well, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because grief is... Losing a person is the, I, I usually stay pretty cool and calm. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that I have a, an extremely challenging time with. It's an area that, that I would like to grow in. I'd like to be able to handle better. Um, so this, this podcast is going to be just as much for me as it is for the listeners. Right. So what, like, so what do you, what is your grieving process? So it's very rare when I lose someone, it doesn't hit me right away. It's like it's there's something in my mind that just it's it's not real yet, Mm. you know, Um, which is. Yeah, it's part of the five stages, like the technical five stages of grief and loss. Um, The first stage is denial. Um, So it hasn't hit you yet. And then. What else? Yeah, then it starts to get a little bit more real, and I sit with it, and then I can kind of feel it stirring inside of me. Like it's, I can feel those the emotions and the feelings. It's I can feel it start to come up. I'm not sure exactly what the feeling is yet. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, are you feeling sadness? Are you feeling regret? Like, what do you feel? I think it's going to depend on who's lost. Okay. Who's lost? Because. You know, different people passing hits you differently. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you're not as close with the person. Sometimes you don't know the person at all, and it's you're just watching how it impacts somebody that you do care about. Right, empathy. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's somebody you grew up admiring, or you know, you didn't, you never met, but they they were always on your television. Right, they, because if they weren't in your life, your life would be way different. Like even though right. it's not somebody you pick up the phone and call. Like they had an impact in your life. Right. Yeah, it, it really depends on how close it is. You know, I've lost a lot of people. Um, and it's still, to this day, it's just something I I don't do well with. Mm-hmm. I, I, the hardest, the two hardest losses I've ever had. Uh, I lost a friend, a very close friend. I think I was maybe 27, something like that. And... You know, I had lost 
family members prior to that. And it just never hit me like this. When I lost uh, my friend, it just, it tore me apart. It, 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 I felt shit I had never felt in my life. Um, you know, I'd be, I thought I could just go right back to work and everything would be all right. And, and it just wasn't, you know, I was standing there trying to help people and I just start crying, looking dead in their face, trying to help them at work. It was just uncontrollable. Is it because you saw your, like, was this your peer? Yeah, it was somebody that I felt he was just such a good person. Mm. And, you know, he he always lived his life the right way. Mm-hmm. He always did the right things. He always did what he was told to do. He all, and, I mean, I lost him. He was in law school. You know, he was he was in law school not to become wealthy. He wasn't doing it for the money. He right. was in law school to help people. Um, and he was on his way to the gym and he got hit by a car and and died. Absolutely. Um, yeah. My question was going to um, I was going to ask, like, did, was it something that hit you so hard because you saw him as yourself? Like it could have been me. But, but another thing I want to say, too, is that people equate death with something bad. Like that's because they're like, you've, people want to say that this person didn't deserve to die. Like, why is death so bad? <laughs> it's, it's really like, and I, that's where I am with it. Like it's, this person just no longer here anymore. And I think we want to say that the good ones die young and this, that, and the other. And I feel as though um, I feel, I have a lot of thoughts about death. I think people go when it's, Time when it's their time. I feel as though people go when they're ready to go. I feel as though people go when their purpose has been fulfilled. Um, So I know those can feel like fluffy things, but if we're if we're responding to me feeling bad because that person's gone and I feel like that person didn't deserve it, that's one thing. But I can also understand like truly missing the person that that had a um a role in your life or like how do you justify a four-year-old not having their mother you know like it's there's an obvious sadness and there's a, a loss and a missing of someone so no matter how you grasp it there's a there's a a negative feeling that resides for the people who are left without the person so I can understand that and I really empathize with that um so that's interesting, and you because you felt as though he had he was doing the right thing. He was a good guy. He just has so he much was, more life to live, and I just was like, "Why?" He never did anything to anybody. He always he was always there for. He was just a great person, and I don't even think I realized how close we were until mm. I lost him. Um, you know, he pushed me to be a better person, and it just that's like when I. When I lost him, I went to a very dark place, but then I began to to live for him. I began to live right. in a way like, you know, I hope I hope I make the way that I show up every day is making you proud. I hope like what was lost with him, I tried to embody some of that. I love that. And isn't that like yeah. dope? Isn't that a good reason like it's to just, live? Like his life has inspired you to lead an awesome life. It took it just took a while to get to that. And I get that. I totally get that. Um but to piggyback off that, which kind of makes me smile, um my 
grandfather, I was extremely close to him. Um, he lived a very full life. He died at um, 90. And I talked to him every day. If two days went by, he would call me and be like, where have you been? Like, So we spoke all the time. Um, but doing some research when we were getting everything together for his funeral and like getting the words together to eulogize him and get an understanding of his life, he really didn't, like the grandpa that I know, like his life didn't start in the States until 30, like age 30. So it, to, um, to relate to you, like it was definitely an inspiration realizing like my life, like just getting started. So that little sprinkle of inspiration and I learned a lot from his life. But I learned a lot from his death too. Like he was a great man. I feel as though a great man leaves nothing undone. Like, and so that to say, there like everything was in order. Like this is the difference between a ninety-year-old dying than <laughs> um, a twenty-seven-year-old dying. You know what I mean? But um, everything was squared away. He had three children. He had. I don't know how many grandchildren, but I'm his grandbaby. I'm his first granddaughter. Um, but all his ducks were in a row, you know? He left He, he left no problem. Um, and that's not always the case with a lot of people. Of course, they have to, you know, shuffle things together. But I learned a lot from his death, and I, I feel as though there was purpose in me having that experience and being inspired from that moment. And, I mean... He's gone and I miss him. And, you know, and he was proud of me for no reason at all. Like he probably, like, you know, so it's great to have those people in your life. And whether that person is somebody that you encountered for 20 minutes and you had this great talk that you'll never forget, or you spent 20 years with them and they're no longer with you, um, impact is impact, you know? Um, but the second stage of grief takes us to, the first one was denial and isolation, um, takes us to anger. Did you go through anger? Hell yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I, man, I, I just, I was so angry, I didn't even know what to do with it. Like, I, it's, I think I, I was drinking to drown it out. This mm. was back when I drank. Um, and it just, it, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It, it. It's nothing hits me like death. Nothing. Nothing on the planet. Wow. Um, it's just like I, I. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing like this. Are you like solution based? And like usually, like you want to yeah, fix things, and now it's like anything. you can't fix it. And normally, I can accept anything. It is just. It's it's incredibly challenging to accept. It. I'm never gonna see my guy again. Yeah. I'm never going to see this person again. I'm never going to, you know, and it, it definitely, everybody grieves differently. Um, for me though, it's, it's like at the time I didn't understand myself as much as I do now. I wasn't as in touch with myself as I am now. And I didn't know I just needed to be patient. Like I was getting mad at myself that I was crying. Right. You know? Um, so the way that grief manifests itself too, like you said, everybody grieves differently, um, is different. And we see this a lot with our clients. So um, with what 
we do is we really help get your body back balanced. But what throws off the balance, it, it can be a whole range of things. And a lot of times it's a trauma. And that trauma could be grieving someone. Um, and me being the person that I am, and I feel as though I kind of roll with the punches and I'm accepting of what's happening, where I saw it manifest in me was in my physicality. So I, I had like an acupressure session. And what the acupressure session is, is when we are helping you reach your pain relief and your tension goals by letting go of some energy blockages. And what causes energy blockages? Trauma, of course. So that grief that I never addressed or faced, especially, I think it had to do with my grandfather and never really having time or giving myself time to deal with that, sit in it, feel it. Like there was an emotional release on the table. So I was like, why am I crying right now? Like, woof, you know what I mean? So stuff like that happens and we don't realize it. We It also... Um, manifest in a way that you may have weight loss, or I mean, or weight gain. Um, your ba- your body isn't doing what it normally does. You um, are sick, easy. You have a, a weaker immune system, and all of it, it just helps you realize that the holistic approach to resolving things, your mind, your body, your spirit, is important because. It's it's a trifecta. It's all tied together. And um, even if you don't feel it, even using my example, if you don't feel it or you don't realize it's there, it's still there and it's still impacting you and it's still um, having an effect on your livelihood. And who knows what that energy blockage is, you know, blocking you, what else is blocking you from? So denial, isolation, then you went to anger and then you was mad that you was mad, mad. Then I went into the next, oddly enough, as I'm looking at these stages, I went right into the next stage. I started, I I clearly remember saying, like, why didn't, why did he go instead of me? Mm. Like, I was trying to bargain. You know, the next stage is bargaining. I was literally like, man, I would have gladly given my life for him. You know, he, he, I felt like he was more deserving to be here than I was. Right. You know, um. And I, I know there was no way. I mean, if there was a way, I would have done it to bring mm-hmm. him back. Uh, but even though it doesn't make any sense, and I'm looking at this chart, I did that. <laughs> so the normal reaction to feelings of helplessness and vulnerability is often a need to regain control through the series of like if only statements. Like if only we had sought medical attention. If only we had got a second opinion. If only we had tried to be a better person toward them. Um in your case, like if only I would have been the one, if I would, or if I would have called him, he wouldn't have been that same exact place when the car hit. Like all of that. What's really crazy is I didn't I didn't think about this until you said it, but I had those feelings. But at, so he got hit by a car, and after he got hit, he was in the hospital, and I went to go see him. And when I was getting ready to leave. He tried to, he was in really bad shape and he tried to get out of the bed mm-hmm. and leave. And in my mind, I was, you know, I was just saying, hey, just calm down. It's going to be all right. Uh, you know, this is what I was telling him. Literally had to fight him to get him back into the bed. Um, but I actually thought, him like, I thought maybe I should have just stayed with him. 
Maybe he was trying to tell me something. Man, I was. So he wasn't to, able to talk. Nah. Oh. And I was trying to reason all these things out. So I, I, I agree with what you just read a hundred percent. Yeah. So guilt often accompanies bargaining. We start to believe that there was something we could have done differently to either like help save the life of our loved one or some kind of weaker. Um, basically, it's a weaker line of defense to protect us from the painful reality. Um, and then the fourth stage is depression. And there are two types of depression that are associated with mourning. The first one is a reaction to practical implications relating to the loss. Sadness and regret predominate this type of depression. We worry about the cost and the, bur the burial. We worry that in our grief, we have spent less time with others that depend on us. This phase may be eased by simple clarification and reassurance. But the second type of depression is more subtle and in a sense, perhaps more private. It's our quiet preparation to separate and to bid our loved one farewell. And sometimes we just really need a big hug. Did you deal with some depression symptoms? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was. That, that set me way off for a long time. I just it took me a really long time to to get any balance back to my life. Like it was the only thing I thought about. Everything I watched reminded wow. me of everything. It was, I don't know what, you know, I, I had lost people prior to that. Um, it may have just been losing him so young that really hit me that way. Um, and because we were so close, it wasn't like he was ill and I knew he was going to go or it wasn't, you know, he hadn't had a chance to really live and, how much older were you? Y'all were the same age? Uh, he was a couple years younger than me. Okay. Um, so to, to see him go that early was just really difficult. And, you know, a lot of times our grief will reach back and grab something else that we never grieved. Mm -hmm. And that may have been the case. Like, I, you know, the people I lost prior to that, I, I probably just pushed it down. Right. I, I really wasn't dealing with feelings at that time in my life. Mm. So, I mean, so how did the manifest? How did the depression manifest for you? Like, were you did you seclude yourself, or like I know you say you saw it everywhere, but it's yeah, does I that just, lead to drinking? Yeah, I was drinking a lot. Um, I, I drank a lot. I I was I was angry. I was quiet. I wasn't talking to anybody. You know, I just kind of shut it. I shut down. Yeah, and. Um, it was a long time before I reached the next stage. A long time. How long do you think? Years? And that one, at, at least a year. Probably two or three. Wow. Well, the last stage is acceptance and accepting that the person is gone. But I think, I think this is a cycle and I think um, each occurrence is different. But I think grief changes over the course of time because if it's someone that you spent time with and you have moments with, I feel like it's inevitable. You're not going to necessarily forget them. So those special moments, whether it's a, a special date, it's their birthday, this time of year, they have a, a particular type of way. Um, like I just think those feelings are going to come and go throughout the rest of your life. And every once in a while, I mean, I, I don't, I feel like I'll see or I hear a story where it says like, wow, this was the first Christmas. I really wasn't depressed since 
You know, like they don't realize it till after, like, whoa. And then they probably feel guilty about that. That's crazy. Um, everybody deals with things differently. I don't, my relationship with grief, the only people that I, I don't think probably the only funerals I've ever been to have been my grandparents. And this is another thing too, and this is how, why it's different from your situation, Brett, is with secession in life, you you believe old people die, you know, and versus a twenty-something year old dying. So that grief is a little different, or the father of someone with small children. And, you know, it's, and that's why it's a little different. Granted, um, there are times when my mom is really upset and things like that. And I mean, those are her parents and people want to bury their parents. Somebody wants to bury their child, you know, but when people feel as though it wasn't their time or they weren't worthy of, dying or dying in that manner or that type of thing. I think that's a whole other set of feelings that comes with it. Um, and like we were talking about before, if something was to happen to my nephew, like I, I literally did get upset. So he had gotten in trouble on the school bus and my mom asked me to talk to him um, about his behavior. And I was like really telling him like, if I got a phone call and to find out that something had happened to you, like I started to like tear up, I would be so upset. Like, please do what you need to do on the bus because it involves your safety. Like if you, you know, because anything can happen, the bus flip over because the bus driver is telling you something like, you know, it's different when you're grieving someone who's super young and you feel like you feel as though they had a whole life ahead of them. Um, or you have things planned for the future with them or whatever the case may be. And it's the sudden loss. That's mm -hmm. extremely difficult. Absolutely. A lot of times you have time to mentally prepare yourself mm -hmm. to lose, uh, you know, great grandparents, grandparents, somebody who's terminally ill. You have time to, to get yourself in a space where you, you know, you have time to process it before it happens. Right. You'll still deal with some grief, but it's, it's, it's just not the same as when it's such a sudden loss. Like, you know, what happened with Kobe. Right. That was just, he was just, you know, you just start hearing the news and it's, you can't even believe it. And I mean, 41, like his life really just started. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that sudden loss and that's and the sadness is a story around it for sure. And I'm trying to I'm really trying to find a space where maybe someone young died. But I mean, so I'm just thinking like in high school, there was a, a child that died from like playing Russian roulette. He killed himself. Um and then like I I never maybe because I didn't really know them that well. Um but I never really connected to it. And then, like, even the loss of my grandparents, it really wasn't hard for me to accept. I mean, you miss people. Mm. Um, but then even there's people that I've chosen not to have in my life. And I, I said, you know, I'm just going to treat them like they're dead. And I've just grieved their loss. And it's just I've accepted that this person um, is not in my life anymore. 
So it's interesting. And I know I can't necessarily relate to losing a young person or losing a child because I don't have any, or even, and this makes me think about um, like women who miscarry, or I want to say, because the guy is involved in that too. So couples who miscarry, um, losing a, a child you never met, you know? Yeah, that was so. One of the things when I heard the news about Kobe, it it hit me. But it, it you know, he was. I I really liked who. Once he opened up and let us in, and we could see how great of a father he was, and how mm-hmm. much he motivated other people. And I, I really could identify. Like I was like, yeah, this this guy's he's dope. Like right. he's not what we thought he was. Um, but the thing that, as soon as I heard it, I just immediately thought, oh, I hope none of his daughters were on the were on the helicopter with him. And the reason why is because I I lost a child that I so somebody was pregnant and uh, I I never got to see the kid, you know. Uh, and I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I just, in my head, it was a girl. Never got to meet her. Never, I don't know. I, I didn't think it would impact me the way it did. Um, but when I lost that kid, it fucked me up. Mm. Like, I hadn't felt like that since I had lost my friend. And uh, I really... Like I was saying, sometimes grief reaches back and grabs something else. When I heard one of his daughters was on that helicopter, that's when it started really getting to me. Because that was you and your daughter. Yeah, because I was like, man, that, that's he's the dad that I wanted to be. Right. You know, I wasn't necessarily ready to have a kid. I, the kid wasn't planned. But when once I found out we were having the child, all these things came out of me that I didn't know were in there. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know I was grieving the child because I was like, how could you grieve somebody you never met? How right. is that even possible? Um, but again, I went through those, you know, the same stages with that. I literally grieved that, that kid that I never met. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you definitely can, you know, never saw the face, never saw, never said a word. But in your mind, you start to form that bond. And when that's taken away from you, it really messes you up. Um, what this kind of reminds me of is like the these steps, I guess I would say I dealt with this, but this was like the grief of like a relationship and what, and it really kind of sounds like it goes parallel what you're saying because the possibility, I feel it. I wasn't so upset that the relationship was over, but it was like the future. Like you took my husband and kids from me. So like, I'm just thinking this was my high school slash college relationship. And the next step was to like be married, have kids and, so be it. But for us not to work meant that you basically kicked the chair from under me and 
you took my future away. And I feel as though I went through those stages at a young age and absolutely like denial, isolation. Oh my God. I was by myself so much angry, bargaining. I don't know if I bargained, but I guess it was guilt. Like if I hadn't did this or, or the guilt other people will put on you, um, depression and just acceptance. Just like that wasn't it. (laughs) Keep it moving. Um, so that's interesting, but yeah, I think it's I, I think grief is really the the feeling of like not having enough time, whether for yourself or with that person or that person not having enough time or it's too soon. Like you know. Yeah, and I think that I don't know if it's like this for everybody, but I know personally. Um, you know, as a man, you're you're taught not to have certain emotions. You're taught not to show things. Man up, so to say. Yeah, and it's it's very challenging to be to just be patient with yourself and give yourself time to feel because you know it's shit you don't want to feel anyway. But you got to give yourself time to feel it, or you'll never get through it. And it. But you said you didn't know how you felt. So what do you do when you don't know how you feel? When you don't have the words? When you don't have the language? You got to be patient. You got to be patient and allow those things to manifest. Did you have a journal? Do you have any tips for like how to make it happen? Yeah, I think I definitely think you need to spend some time uh, understanding exactly what happened. You need to understand that what happened may not be the story that you're telling yourself about it. Uh, You know, nothing's death isn't personal a lot of times. Death isn't personal, but it feels personal. And I'm like, I'm even looking over some methods of grief recovery. And essentially, like grief recovery is really the action um, for moving beyond death, divorce, or other losses. So the loss that you yeah. feel like you missed something. Yeah, yeah, you have to acceptance just takes some time, you know. You're not, you don't love everybody the same. It's if, if you go through a divorce, I've been through that too. It, it didn't hit me the same way death did. I knew she was still out there. Because she's alive? Yeah. You know, we're friends now. So it just, it didn't. But the thing is, is like, like me, like what I was saying was more like the loss of that future, the loss. So she took your wife away. Even though you guys chose to have a divorce, she took your wife and your. You know, I think a better example. Marriage be, life, married life. A better example would be when I lost that child, I also lost the child's mother, right? Mm. We were engaged. We were, we had a lot of plans. Mm-hmm. And that one was tough. Like, I didn't know if I was feeling what I was feeling because I lost her. I didn't know if I was feeling what I was feeling because I lost the kid. I didn't know. It took me a long time to understand that it was the kid. Mm. Like, I go out and I remember one time I went to go get some breakfast and I walked out of the restaurant and a woman was walking through the parking lot with her son and her son started running towards me screaming, Daddy. And, you know, of course, I'm not. <laughs> you look to the left, look to the right. But his father was standing right next mm-hmm. to me and I started tearing up. Yeah. You know, because I felt like I was going to be doing that. 
and and it was just taken. It was I didn't have any say in that. And it wasn't something I agreed to. So once I realized it was the kid, like I couldn't, I have a nephew that I'm extremely close to. I couldn't even be around him. Mm. Once I realized it was the kid, that when I identified what was causing that pain, it was a little bit easier to process. You know, you have to identify what it is. Right. Um, you know, if it's a divorce and you're, is it the loss of that person or is it the loss of, what you thought you were going to have in the future right. of that, with that person? Or is it you just weren't ready to let that go? Is that, like There are so many things that you have to work through to identify what you're actually with. The real, yeah. What the real loss is. Yeah. And that's so interesting you said that about seeing the children like just out and about. Um, when I chose that I didn't want to communicate with my father anymore... And I chose like, hey, same thing. I'm I'm just gonna treat you as though you're, you're dead. I'm grieving the loss. Um, yeah, like, like it depends on the day I'm having. That stuff triggers me. Like seeing um, a dad and a daughter and all that stuff, and it's like, dang, I wish I had a dad. Like stuff like that. Um, so it's real. And it's, it's real feelings, and you don't. Sometimes you don't know what will trigger you. Um, that's why I said I don't think that grief just ends even after acceptance you know you still miss there's certain things that you miss or there's certain things that are going to trigger you and it's okay and I just hope people don't beat themselves up and get back into that guilt stage and that bargaining stage or even depression um, and seeking help when you don't feel like yourself and talking through it because they don't know they may not have the language for the emotions that they have and also they might not necessarily know why that was the trigger. Um, so that way they don't stay in that that low place or vibrating lowly. And that way they don't feel alone. You don't have to feel alone because, I mean, there's large communities um, of people dealing with stuff like this all the time. And it's same thing. Like the, the, the Kobe incident triggers a lot of things <laughs> and... Um, to even piggyback on that, I got an email from my dad because it triggered something in him by um, Kobe's story, especially since um, my father was dealing with like a tumor like on his brain and he was basically deemed um, paralyzed. And he really said like Kobe got him through it as far as like having that mindset of being able to, you know, get through anything and push through anything. And yeah, he, I mean, he walks. So it was interesting that he kind of tied that up in the email and things like that. But um, I think, you know, I'm not sure how I'm going to move forward in regards to that. So, but it was just interesting that how a lot of we. A lot of men were touched by this and a lot of men feel as though they can express themselves through this experience. So even with that, like, I mean, I feel like that inspiration is is valuable, like to be inspired to whether it be more of a dad, to be inspired to share your feelings, to to be OK, being vulnerable to for this to be the grief moment that helps you unlock the other grief moments, like that gives value to so many people's lives. Um, and I just think if we get rid of 
the the categorizing of negative and positive things and events that happen and just things that are. And I think there will be a little less of a problem to accept because, you know, death is guaranteed. I promise you it's going to happen. I promise you. Um, it's in seeing what you can get from that moment more so than feeling like this is such a horrible thing that happened to this person. It's such a horrible thing that happened to myself. And it's just something that happened. What can I get from this moment? But granted, if you're going through these stages of grief, you're not going to have that clarity to make those decisions. That's why you do need to work with someone who has those tools to help you um, figure out what you want to do and how you want to feel and how to verbalize it. Because there's something that I have that I I don't have the language for um, in my day to day. So this is a, a deep thing. And that person isn't there to call, like, that's tough. Yeah, it's, you said a lot of things that it made me, I re, it made me remember some things that I had chosen not to think about in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Kobe situation triggered a lot for me because, he, again, he was such a good father. You know, my relationship with my dad is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, never, he's never really been in my life, and I hated it in the beginning. Uh, but I, you know, I grew to understand who he was as a person, and we're cool now. And I processed it and worked through as much as I could. Like, there's not much more I can work through with him. We've had all the discussions. The next step for me is to to be a father, mm-hmm. to show up as the father that. Uh, that I, you know, that I wanted to have. So when I saw a great father lose his life and lose his kid and, you know, cause he had what three other daughters, Yes. you know, they all lost a great father too. So that triggered so much, so much. And, you know, it, I was able to deal with this, but if this, had happened if something like that had shown up in my life while I was working through everything after losing that child, mm-hmm. it would have been so much harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. Since I had, you know, I, I ended up, you know, the universe brought other people into my life who lost a kid. And, you know, once you realize you're not the only person that, that has dealt with this, you begin to be able to accept it and find. You know, I was able to identify some things that that came out of it that were good. You know, mm-hmm. the, like what? So, losing that the mother of the child and the child at the same time gave me a level of freedom that most people my age just do not have. You know, I literally can do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, right? And it's just, it's not something most people get to do. A lot of people are in lives that they want that freedom from. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, once I accepted that and and fully grasped, on, grasped onto it and began to take advantage of it, the pain, you know, I started to move away from the pain and, and towards the gratitude of. Yeah. You can't be yeah. um, grateful and angry at the same time. Right. Right. So when I was moving towards the gratitude of of having that level of freedom, it it turned into something beautiful. 
you know? So I finally accepted that and uh, moved past it. And I, you know, I shed a tear or two when, when I found out about Kobe and his daughter, but what happened in my personal life, I'm at peace with now. That's wonderful. That's priceless. I mean, that's what we are aiming for. And it's just another, another speed bump. Now smooth going right now. And then when you have that baby, you have some more speed bumps. Yeah. So yeah. it'll come and go. Clearly, I just wasn't supposed to have a, a child at that time. And that's what I believe. With that person. And that's what I believe. So, but it's hard to tell somebody they, were supposed to, they weren't supposed to have their dad, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? So everybody's at a different stage and... I think it changes um, depending on where they are. It, and granted, I mean, this is a wealthy family. They have a lot of people who care. I can provide anything that they yeah, want. Money can't replace Exactly. That. Exactly. So She's left with three children she has to raise. Money can't replace that. Absolutely. Um, but I, they, they, are, they have a... a a big amount of friends, community, things like that. But like you said, money can't replace that. Um, so it's, it's it's interesting, and I think and I know everybody's in a different stage in regards to their feelings. And I'm always still exploring my feelings. And who knows, like the the grief triggers may change or come about um, as they come along. But I would have loved my children to have great grandparents. That would have been neat, you know? Um, so you have to, I think another important thing is to keep the person alive in the way that you, um, what works best for you. Just like you said, you're losing that friend inspired you to live a way that would make him proud. Um, and same thing with me. Like I felt as though my life started and I had to go that much harder to like, be able to leave in a way that I feel as though my grandfather did in such a respectable way. Um, also, another thing too, back to what you were saying about community, I noticed that Lauren London is doing that. She's speaking in grief circles and people who have lost loved ones. I don't know if it's specifically their significant other, but loved ones to gun violence. So I'm sure that community helps and someone can relate to you and that has happened. And a lot of times too, when um, families of children and people who have been gunned down by the police, a lot of times when they're doing interviews, I noticed that they've been able to, you know, confide in each other too. So I think having that sense of community is very important and being, have somebody that can relate and you can lean on their shoulder and they can, they can kind of, help navigate you in, in the way that works best for you still being here. Right. Yeah, stay around people. Don't isolate yourself. Yeah. Lean on your community. Find people that have dealt with similar things. Give yourself, be patient with yourself. Give yourself time to grieve and time to be in those feelings. And in time, that acceptance will come. I think so. I think so as well. Um, another thing too, um, I thought I was going to say something else about 
the Kobe situation, of course, the story is what's sad. Um, but we'll see how it develops. And I know it's, it's like I said, just the beginning. And I think I believe that Vanessa, the wife of Kobe, had the funeral this past weekend. It was a private funeral, um, closed off to the public. So I just can't imagine like like how like <laughs> how are you patient with yourself but your baby's like hungry, you know what I mean? Not necessarily hungry because like, you can't afford it, but it's like you, you have to show up for the people who are alive. So when I say like life is for the living or even like the quote that opened us up, you know, it's it's our responsibility to live well and focus on our wellness. And like we always say as far as just seeking help and seeking community and being your best self and try not to harm yourself or harm other people. Um, in the process, for sure. Do you have any resources that you would, would recommend in regards to grief? Not off the top of my head. I I lean a lot on my personal network. Gotcha. Um, There's a book um, by Elizabeth Kubler Ross and David Kessler. That's where we got the five stages of grief from. And it's the name of the book is. Five Stages of Grief, and they have a website, which is grief.com. So there's some resources there and the whole internet. And right now, grief.com, I mean, there's a huge picture of Kobe and his daughter. So it's something that the people all over the world are dealing with. And there, there's enough people out there, enough community out there, enough resources out there to help you get through it. Um, in regards to grief? The only book, you know, I didn't have one at first, uh, but there were a couple of books that helped me get through that. And one of, probably the most influential one for me was, it it didn't really have anything to do with grief. It just had something to do with perspective. And Mm. once I was able to shift my perspective, everything else changed around it. And the book was called The Untethered Soul. Oh, yeah. By Michael Singer. Um, I read that a couple of times uh, last year, and it 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 man, it, it changed my life. It, so, we brought up some grief stuff from last year. No, I was dealing with that last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was it was something that helped me get through that time. Mm. I like that book a lot. It's one of those ones that you just keep around yeah. and pick up when you need it for sure. Well, thank you, Brett. It was a pleasure. Uh, as, as pleasurable as it could be talking we about We got it. through it. We did. We got through it. All right. We'll catch you later. Bye.